Alia, what is the deal? The good, the bad, and the ugly. How to live an amazing, lice-free, and drama-free life in the Holy Land. We are going to hook you up with all you need to know. And by we, I mean we, as in two people, not just me, myself, and my multiple personalities. I have an actual breathing human being sitting here next to me. This is the Weekly Squeeze Extra Squeeze with Hanala and... Shoshana Charnoff. I feel like it should be Hanala and... Shoshana. Or Shoshana Shazam. Ooh, is that a thing? Or Shoshana Busta. I'm sorry. Explain. I'm like an aspiring Bella Busta, so I'm just a Shoshana Busta. I love that. Thank you. I am not even inspiring. <laughs> I don't even inspire. Like, I just gave up. Yeah, like sometimes I make Hamish matzo balls in my husband's great-grandmother's pot, and sometimes like I'm frying schnitzel as the siren's going off before Shabbos. So you're flexible. And lighting in my towel. You so know you're flexible. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Your standards are, you know, depending on the day. Like Flexidox, I'm Shoshana Docs. I love that. Yeah, Girl, this is going to be so good. We finally found someone as quick and witty as I am. The only difference is that she likes to run. Otherwise, we are soulmates. <laughs> also, we have similar like skin tones and hair, so that's fun. Very we could Ashkenazi. have been sisters in another lifetime. Exactly. I actually have six wonderful sisters, so you're going to have to compete for a spot. It's okay. You're I'm willing used to, to? I'm used to blending into Lubavitch families. I love that. I do. How do you blend into a Lubavitch family? You match their faces. You match their faces. I had a, a family I was close with growing up, and I had the same skin tone and hair as them. So they're like, oh, there's Mushki and there's... Actually, there was no Mushki in the family. There was Hana and Sarah and Ella and Chaya. And then, oh, my English name is Laura. They're like, oh, Laura. Oh, that's an interesting. Laura Laura. Is that a, is that a Yiddish name? No, it's just English. Well, if you live here in Israel, you know that every type of Jew can feel comfortable. Uh, no matter what your skin type is, no matter what you wear on your head, especially in Beit Shemesh, where you can have a black hat or walk into shul with a khaki pants or <laughs> call them. You can wear pants. You cannot wear pants. Right. You cannot wear pants. Exactly. If you're a man and you don't wear pants, that'd be kind of awkward. That's a thing. Shoshana or Shoshana. What do you prefer? Shoshana. Shoshana, straight up, with one N or two? One. One N. Shoshana with one N and one marvelous, wonderful like a jazz face hands and brain situation. jazz hands. Yeah. You and I met... What, five minutes ago? <laughs> I, I, I fangirled a little bit. I can't you, lie. Right. So I was standing in the grocery store or in Fleischig, that's the frozen food meat store down the block, uh, wearing my incognito, I don't want to be recognized, t-shirt and yeah, massive sun famous. hat. Yeah. I, I try to adapt to the culture here by wearing things that you would never wear in America. Totally. That's part of being you an Israeli. You can look a little nebby here and it's cool. Right. When you take care of yourself here, it's cool. Right. Nobody, well, I, I don't think people judge it's as much? Ha- it's the house of the sun, Beit Shemesh. We yes. have to take care of ourselves. Yes, it's very hot. It's very sunny. So I'm Otherwise wearing my, melt. my massive sun hat, and you came over to me and you said, are you Hanala? And I said, no, no, I'm not. Okay, fine. I'm Hanala. The truth is out. The truth is out. We talked a little bit about life, the podcast, and then you brought it up. You told me that you listened. You I listened. Were... I'm a fan. Aww. And I was like, I think I could hang with you and be funny with you. Right. So I said, let's give it a go. And Some if it goes well... I, it's actually very comfortable to be sitting with someone that's just a regular Ashkenazi, sweet, charming individual, and I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more. Regular, so simple, so down to earth. Well, so maybe Hamish. you're maybe you're not regular at all. Maybe you're extraordinary, which is the all the likelihood. So let's explore first of all why you decided to make Aliyah. I'll share a little bit, you know, my motivations, but I want to hear from you how you went from being a American. I'm assuming you were born in America. Your assumption is correct. How did you know? I don't know. It's just the accent. <laughs> is it what, my shoes, which are bought in Target? What shoes are you wearing? Hang Actually, on. I'm wearing those like 
really well, those good. are pretty and you know you can wear those in america or israel these are the shoes that look comfortable like look cool but they're comfortable because i'm a mom now and i have right. to always be ready to run right well you're also a runner also my husband's from manhattan so i always have to be ready to run oh my god that's so posh we'd be like going to a wedding be like let's run i'm like how's this possible we're going to a wedding because people from manhattan are always on the He's move a fast walker right but manhattan people are also posh how did I, your husband go from being in manhattan to being in Beit Jemish? because he had the soul of an out-of-towner I see. And so he married an out-of-towner like me from Philadelphia. Right. Shout out. So you're from Philadelphia. I was, was I ever in Philadelphia, City of Love? No, I don't think I was. Um, but you'll, you know, you'll tell me if I missed out or not. It's, it's a great place. I grew up on the Hamish side. You grew up on the Hamish side of Philadelphia or the Hamish yeah. side of society? All, all, all sides. I grew up with parents who were like in their 40s and 50s when I was born. So like oh, I was always... Are you a youngest child? I'm a youngest child, but my parents got married late. So I'm like... My first cousins are 60s and 70s. Oh, wow. Yeah. My grandparents were born in the 1800s. That's so funny because I have first cousins that are newborns. Because never... I'm the oldest and my grandparents... My grandmother was still having children when her daughter got married. Well, I changed the direction because my mother and grandmother were already like in their 30s and 40s when they had kids. And I was like, I'm in my 20s. Woohoo. There's hope. Wow, so you must have been a breath of fresh air for your entire family. They're like, look, young blood. Do they know what podcasts are? <laughs> Can I get your extended family to tune in and, and, and increase my audience? My mom still has a flip phone, so I don't know oh, if she can get boy. Spotify. Oh, boy. So True how do you story. FaceTime here from Israel? We don't. We <gasps> go old kidding? school. We go 90s vibes. Wow. My kid's are like, why can't we see her? I'm like, because my mom is from a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because my parents were here recently their mazel, they came when it was freezing. Do you remember, like, um, two months ago, that it was just freezing was for two days, for cold. two weeks straight? And it was in your bones. It was in your bones, and it was... And in the walls, literally. Yeah, and Mo- in the walls mold. for Astoria. It was just freezing everywhere. And I felt really bad, because Israel, the weather could be gorgeous. It could be horrifically hot, horrifically freezing, um, and everywhere in between. But they came, and it was just, the weather was... I hope you didn't say the weather is chos of you, because that'd be pretty awkward. No, no, it was yeah. chos of them. They're from South Florida, and I guess Israel assumed they wanted a blast of cold air for a change. They but needed they're... the air conditioning. Yeah, but they're warm. They're already warm-blooded. Is it cold-blooded? Which one is it? I, I hope they're cold. not hot-blooded. No, they're... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, um, Tia. Just kidding. Not... <laughs> That's right. They're not <laughs> hot-blooded. Certainly not. They're very Ashkenazi. My husband always says Ashkenazim are just cold-blooded iguanas <laughs> i don't know who that's insulting to like iguanas um, like no we're not how dare you exactly my parents hate iguanas so i was once we'll throw it on the iguanas i was once insulted i was getting out of an, an elevator with my kids and this lady yelled at me she's like oh i thought you were one of those like tired french moms and i'm like how dare you call me a tired person <laughs> like, or french, french. <laughs> Uh, you are cute. But what was the Thank point? You. What was the point? What was I was saying? I was saying that my parents came to Israel and it was freezing. But regardless, nonetheless, my mother remarked that coming to Israel feels really different than it used to when she was younger or when she was a girl because there was no FaceTime. And when you came to Israel, it was most likely that you hadn't been here for years and you arrived at the airport and you kissed the tarmac just because it was the holy land of Eretz Yisrael, and you embraced your loved ones sobbing and crying, knowing that it's been so long since you've seen them and so long since you will see them. And when people were sent here by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, it was tremendously emotional, especially if you ended up in Sfat. You also brought tuna in those days. You brought tuna yeah. and you brought, there were plastic bags. Anything made of plastic. Yeah, so people were much Products. more, it felt like the Middle East, Yeah. right? 
If you're going now, to a desert land. It's like one of the digital uh, what's startup the word? nation. It's like startup nation, exactly. You go to Tel Aviv, you're like you're cooler than America. Exactly, Tel Aviv is cooler than you're America. You're hipster. You're cool. You're eating avocado toast. I know. So when people with are everything like, bagel topping, and totally, it's Israel. Totally. So you don't feel that um, massive culture shift. I mean, there is. Like when you land, you don't necessarily feel it, but. Once you live here and you sort of seep into the land, I am the land, hashtag Hanala, hashtag yeah. listen, you seep into the land, you feel, there's like a different vibe here. There's just, it's like, you're like on a slightly different dial on the radio. Guys, if you're too young, a radio is something you put on that listens to music live. You don't choose the music. You just choose your channel. It chooses you. Yeah. <laughs> choose Hanala. I know. I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, are you aware that we didn't have Netflix when we were kids? We watched whatever was on. When mommy was younger... We didn't even have cell phones. They were, they're like, did you have phones? I'm like, well, yes. My kids ask all the time about like electricity. Did you have a horse and buggy? It's all the same to them. It's all blob. Yeah. But d- the truth is that when I was growing up, we didn't, I didn't have a cell phone, obviously. I had a word processor. So that's pretty cool. And did you have a beeper? I didn't have a beeper, but there were people I knew that had beepers. And in Crown Heights, we're totally veering off subject. But who cares? Because people listen to we'll the podcast get- just love to hear above my sis. Anyway. In Crown Heights, I remember, and I spent time in Crown Heights as a girl, there were pay phones, obviously, and every pay phone had a phone number on it, and everyone who had beepers would get beeped from a different pay phone, and you made up a time when you would be at that pay phone so the person you beeped could call you back. Ooh. Which is so crazy, because my 10-year-old has a smartphone, so. That's amazing. Yeah. Let's get back to Aliyah. Let's get back to Aliyah. So tell me how you went from being a... Youngest child in Philadelphia, the life of the party. Oh, yeah. To living here and shopping in Fleishik, where you randomly bump into Hanala music. Well, I have to say, I think my story, I always think I'm special, right? Is not a usual, like, classic path. It's like, oh, we went to this school and, like, everyone goes this direction. So I have to say, I went to Salman Schechter growing up in Philadelphia, Foreman Center. Um, and it was a conservative day school, but all my Israeli teachers used to tell us stories about Israel and the Six Day War. We used to listen to music from like Yehoram Gaon. I do some great impersonations, and like another time I can be like, Yo, well, you can make time for that. <laughs> you know, like I could just, eucalyptus. And then there's like, I, um, I love it. What am I saying here? Can I sing songs? here? Is this ladies only? I, not necessarily. I was like three second rule, you know? <laughs> yeah, the three second rule. Oh, I totally follow that. Oh, I'm melting. That, that's it. Did you know that? down the block here in Beit Shemesh, um, if you take the 38, there are beautiful... First of all, on the main road here, is it the 1, 38, the 24? Maybe. I don't know. The way out of Beit By Shemesh. By the way, I love how in America, it's like I-95, 267. Here, it's like there's the 1. Right. And then there's the 6. Because we're just in a young country. Our, our highways are very young. Our numbers are very low. Yeah. You ever notice that? In America, mean, numbers are not very like in America, low. it's like oh, the highway 375, 276. Here's like, there's the one. Totally. And the I-95 goes from Florida to Canada. Yeah, and here's like, where it, well, one was established in 1948. Uh, the six was established in the Yom Kippur War. You know, you know like, who owns the six? Who? who paid for the six? Who, someone can own a road. Yes. What's his name? Um, 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 Elon the diamond Musk. guy. No, I know. No, not he owns everything else it's except electric. the road. Do, do, do. <laughs> Lev Levayev paid for the six to be created, collected the tolls, and once it was paid for, he gave it to Israel as a gift. Oh, he's the heart of hearts. Isn't that beautiful? That's okay, beautiful. so back to the eucalyptus trees. Is he a Bukharian? Yes. Yes, we love Lev Levi. That's why you know who he is. Yes, exactly, because he's my uncle. I Does wish. he eat Bach? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he eats Bach, but it's 
you know, more expensive than my bach. I live in Queens, so I learned about the Bukharian culture. Yeah, it's like the mass. It's a massive hub. It's for like Bukharians. the. I'm like, it's like Yiddish, but bu- the other Bukharian. Yeah, yeah. The you saying the language of yeah, Bukh- yeah. Well, how we, we're gonna we're gonna have to do a series because yeah. we could talk all day. Let's focus on the eucalyptus trees, and then we'll go back we'll to your story. So, so on the 38 oh, are these beautiful you. eucalyptus trees. Do you know what they look like? I have no so idea. So you'll notice now that these really tall gray trees that are like peeling, kind of look like paper sheets on them, those are eucalyptus trees. They were brought here from Australia, and those are the trees that Naomi Shemer wrote about in the Sheer Ha Eucalyptus. Now I have to go drive over there and do a video of myself singing Horsha Eucalyptus. Yes. It's so meta. One of my favorite songs. Eucalyptus in front of eucalyptus. Totally. It's such good Instagram content. By the way, what's your Instagram account? Do you want followers? Sure. Okay. Shoshana Shazam. Shoshana Shazam. So follow Shoshana Shazam. Why you ask my Shazam? Because it's just like a great word. And it's like, Shazam, happiness, goodness, go. Yeah. Bam. I'm feeling it. Like lunchtime. Lunchtime. (laughs) I love lunch. You know why? Because if you... I want to hear why you love lunch. I love lunch, breakfast, and dinner, but go ahead. I used to have a bag that said, I love lunch with a squirrel. So you wake up early in the morning, you work hard, and you're like, you know what? I think it's time for lunch. And you sit down, and you eat, and like you worked hard, and you get a good meal. Or you woke up really late. It's like 11 o'clock. You're like, oh, did I mess up my day? You're like, you know what? Let's have some lunch, and then we'll reset. Lunch is a great time. Yeah. And it's delicious. You can have flesic milchik. What about brunch? How do you feel about brunch? Brunch is good, but it's neither here nor there. It's like when you go to a brisk and you eat bagels at like 10 and you're like, well, what do I do now? And you're starving at one and you don't do I eat. eat? Yeah. Do I eat now? Like I'm confused. So confusing. It's confusing. Yeah. But I mean, I love the concept of brunch. Who loves, doesn't love dairy? Who doesn't love it's dairy? It's like a wedding shower food. Like all the, all the fun stuff is Especially dairy. Especially the dairy in Israel. Ah, oh, so good. The best? And like halloumi fried Halloumi cheese is not normal, yes. You don't know from, If you don't know about this in America, it's halloumi. There's certain words that you think are True. hay. Like ha, no. Halumi, hummus. Habibi. Habibi. Halas. Halas, which means like enough. Halas. I don't, I'm like, okay, halas with this conversation. Okay. How did you make Aliyah? Why okay. are you here? How did you get to Beit okay, Shemesh? Here I am. Talk. Ah, the floor is yours. I'm shivering. Okay. We have it. Salmon Schechter. So that gave me this like culture, like love of culture and like sort of the, the, the romantical, is that a word? The romantic piece of Israel. And then I went to Kiba Hebrew Academy, Pluralistic Day School. So I also knew like all kinds of Jews which is, like, I think cool about me. And then I went to seminary at Midrash at Harova, and I didn't, like, go through the non-Orthodox system and then, like, obviously land in seminary. For me, it was, like, a chiddish that I went there. I was the first one to apply there. I had to, like, be like, I know I don't look from on paper, Salman Shekhtar or Kiva, which are great schools, but, like, you're going to like me but here. I was just at a bat mitzvah two days ago at the Kotel or at the Simcha Hall at the Kotel, and the Rova girls came to dance because they were family with some of the yeah. other girls. Um is it a modern seminary? Because it's yeah. more modern than Chabad. I noticed yeah. that the girls have smartphones yeah. and they were pretty no, chill. It's, it's within the realm of all the non-Orthodox like seminaries. Like Midrash Moriah? I mean, every single place has its own nuance. Just like in Ramon Pichemesh, every block is its own kind of culture. Totally. You know, I had like, a friend come here and she was like, I could never live on your block. No, every block <laughs> is a different. Like, will I like Ramon Pichemesh Alpha? Well, it depends what block you live right. on. So I got to Harova and I remember the very first week, Rev. David Millstone, he's the Rosh Midrashah. He gives like a sheer on Avram Avinu and Tarit Israel. And I'm like taking notes like a mad woman. I'm like, I, I, and I'm like circling and highlighting. I'm like, don't forget this. Little did I know like every week it would be similar themes. So I'm like, oh wait, I'm noticing a theme here. But suddenly I learned about Torah Eretz Israel and how Hashem gave us this land and this is the land of our people. So I had this love, this romantic love of Israel. And then I get and I Had you been here as a girl? I came once on an interesting trip called Benos Chaim. Okay. It was so like it's a not sick, Chabad. <laughs> no, it was like a very from 
Beisiachavi summer traveling trip for girls mm-hmm. that I opted for instead of a bat mitzvah. And I traveled the country and I lived on a kibbutz and like woke up with the smell of the <gasps> Which cows. Kibbutz? Chavetz Chaim. Oh, wow. And we went to the water park and we like traveled the country and I'd been there once then and then when I was 18 and that's it. So for me, I was like still fresh, bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I, I thought, oh, my Hebrew is great. I'm in the highest level. But then I get to Israel. I'm like, shalom, ani paron. Nice to meet you. <laughs> ani paron? And that's, I'm, like, I'm a pencil? <laughs> I'm like really, I can, if I, it's like me doing my Israeli accent. I get into a taxi. He's like, yeah, shalom, ani ken. Ani miramad b'shemesh, naimod. And then you and forget then all your vocabulary. They keep asking me and slowly my accent just melts away. And then I'm just like, ani klum, shalom. Totally. Totally, my my English, my Hebrew yeah. is so unpredictable and unreliable. Or when I'm stressed, like if I I once had to get onto a bus with my newborn and a stroller, and normally I'm like, if Charlie it means can you please open the door? But I was like, eh. we call it the tachtonim. Oh, can you please open the underwear? <laughs> the tachtonim is the thing on the back. What is it called when they say? I always forget. Well, bagage means the bagage. There's yeah. a lot of words that you would think you'd learn in day school Hebrew, but they're just. Simple words you don't know, like tush. Sorry, my kids love that word. My kids laugh because we tush. know tush. Tush is a, a, a marker. Tush. It's a basic word that we it never came up once in my because day school. Because I think they were scared in day school to tell kids that the word tush is a word. In Another Hebrew. word, gosh. What does that sound? Remind me. Gosh, I think is like crayons. It's pastels, no? Oh, they, there you go. It doesn't even exist. Pastelino. Also, Bristol sounds like um, like some sort of scrubber. Like, right. mommy, can you get me some Bristol? I'm like, what is that? Right. She's like, I don't know, colored paper. Right. Why don't you just say colored paper? Construction paper. Exactly. So anyway, so Salman Schechter, young romantic love of Israel, Midrashid Arova, Tarid Israel, and then I went to Poland. I went to Poland. Ooh, I just <laughs> ate the microphone. Shalom. I hope you're not a Germany. Yeah. But I had Corona already, so fine. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I go to Poland, and I'm just like, okay, any country that's not Israel is not my home. Because wow. Poland was a basic normal place, and then it wasn't one day. And then neighbors turned on them. And that something about, like, Look neighbors turning on them. Yeah. And, and I said, this... I, I have to live in Israel. There's no suffix. And it happens to be both my parents, before they met each other, made their way to Israel. My dad took a ship in 1966, right? Because I'm the youngest. He was born in the 30s. He took a ship. Where was he born? Philadelphia, South Philly. Born and raised on so the playground. So took a ship from where to where? Took a ship from, I guess, Philadelphia, New York, to, to the SS Shalom in 1966. He, he almost lived in Israel. He took a ship from Philadelphia to Israel? Yeah, I'm sure it stopped along the way. Yeah, yeah. I ask yeah. my husband all the time if I'm those not things get out still of town. run. Get in out of town. I would love to take a ship from Israel to America. Mostly because I just would time. be away from my kids for a very long he time. He was very seasick, but that's how, and everybody, you know, like old school, like took their handkerchiefs and said goodbye to him. He worked on like Kibbutz Lavi and he like on the milk line and Kibbutz he fell Lavi's asleep. Amazing. I was there. He worked for Tanuva. He dated some girls from the Shuk. So how did he not end up here? He sounds like such a he was perfect a cool cookie cutter Zionist. Yeah, and that before the, like he was cool before it was cool. Meaning he was born in the '30s, so before Israel was even a thing, he was like, "I'm into it," you know. And then his he was the youngest of eight, and his parents were getting old. And I I don't know the exact story, but he came back to America because one of his parents was was not well, and that was the story. He came back to America. My mother also in the '70s because they're 13 years apart. Also. Like, found her way, knew a guy who was going to get married, and then she was back in America. The Yom Kippur War came out, and they were like, you know, just stay in America. It's over. And then they met each other. So it's been it's been trickling down for a while. Totally. And I always say, me and my family making Aliyah, I was like taking the ship and turning the direction. The ship usually has to go very, very slowly. But I'm like, all right, we're going to turn this sh-. Like, I'll turn this car around. You know? Yeah, it's about time. Yeah. We're changing the direction of, the di- of, of myself and the generations after me. And I accept the fact that, I am going to be, in the same way my grandparents made, like, immigrated to America with their Yiddish accents and their Russian, 
I'm that Yiddish grandparent in America, and that's okay. My kids, my grandkids, they'll be Israeli. They'll wear, you know, sandals in the winter and boots in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with that. You ha- but someone had to make make the move. Um, so Totally. Call it kavod. Thank because you. Because my husband is Israeli, so I always felt like coming to Israel was kind of coming back home. And even though my kids tell me all the time, don't speak in Hebrew, Hebrew's awful. And, you know, like they they do that whole, you know, you're an immigrant mom bit. My husband's as Israeli as it gets. Yeah. So I don't have that. Is he con- like eat al ha'ish? Yeah, yeah. To- oh, my husband eats al ha'ish every day of the week. It's not Al ha'ish like means on the fire, but it really means like grilling. Well, al ha'ish in my vocabulary means at your mother's house. <laughs> because my mother-in-law always has a piece of meat ready for her you know, she's a, she's a Bukharian balabusta. Yeah, she's a Bukharian balabusta, straight up. I once had a mitzapelet in America. She's like a babysitter for my for my son, and she was Bukharian. I'm like, oh, you're such a balabusta. She's like, what is that? I'm like, a balabusta is someone who just like has a spare potato kugel for Arab Shabbos just for well, noshing. Well, not a potato kugel. It's got to be something And she's like, what is Google? I'm like, bach, bach, just for noshing. Exactly. So He's my mother-in-law spare. has, my mother-in-law came for a barbecue um, on Pesach. And she accidentally, I love her. She brought me an extra roast, a (laughs) massive hunk of meat. And she's like, just keep it in your freezer and you'll use it one day. And I'm thinking, for uh, noshing, for noshing. One second, I have to defrost this beast and slice it. Maybe I'll just bring it back. I think I got a time for that. Thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) You're like, I love you, but I don't have time to defrost yet. Defrosting yet is a whole story. Exactly. So, um... I'm, I dated guys who wanted to live in Israel. That was, like, important to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of among other things, you know, like, there's also basics like keeping Shabbos, Torah, mitzvot, right. loving Hashem, loving Torah. Um, how I met my husband. Having a good sense of humor? Was that on the list? He's funny. He's more like Stephen Colbert funny. Mm-hmm. We're different so, kinds of funny. So, a leftist funny? I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, no he, he's good. He's good. He's a rabbi. I know. He's, yeah, he's fun. It's he's always great. good to have a sense of humor when you're a rabbi. Yeah. Um, so... I met him. It's a story in itself for another time. And um, we actually came to Gruss, which is YU's Smicha program. And we thought when we came, we got married. We had one more year left of Stern and YU. So cute. We graduated together. And we barely bought anything. Whatever we had bought, we sold. And we came. But we were like young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. And we didn't really know what we were doing. And it was before you could join a million Facebook groups and do all your research. So we were like, we're just going. We're going to go in through Gross. And then while we're in Gross, we'll make Aliyah. But while we were there, my husband wanted to go into Chinuch. So he's like, okay, rabbis, I'm here. I'm ready to go. And they were like, oh, do you have like any advanced degree? He was like, no. He said, do you have any savings or support? We said, no. He said, do you have a plan? And we said, no. We and just have they're a like, sense Listen, of humor and enthusiasm. We're That's so glad. But here's the thing. Without those things, you're not going to really make it in a real way. You can't really make it teaching like 20 afternoon seders in different places. They're like, listen, you need to make a choice. You can change professions and maybe be a plumber. At the time, we're like, God forbid. Meanwhile, my neighbor is like this amazing, successful guy named plumber. plumber. You know how to say plumber in Hebrew? Um, Installatia. Isn't that random? It is. And it's I'm the like, most random Israeli like word installatia. I'm like, it, you're not it, installing the toilet. You're just fixing and it. And usually Hebrew words that were changed from English are really good, like banana right. or laminatia, mm-hmm. dieta, mm-hmm. productivi. Exactly. I, when I'm not sure of a word, I just say it in Israeli accent. It often works. Yeshlach productivi mashu. That made no sense. It, besides for instula- ins- installator. Uh, yeah. It, it was no, I think that that must have been a mistake. That must have, something got lost between the. In translation. Lost in translation. Whatever the case is. Plumbing is a is big business here, but your husband so we decided, didn't want to be a plumber. No, he and which uh, my neighbor, I'm telling you, he's a successful plumber. On tap, that's my neighbor. On tap, yeah, I don't know that. Great. I don't know that brand, but and that's, that's, such, that's such a cute. That's such a cute name. It's cute, like oh, I'm on tap. Love that. Um, at least it makes sense. Unlike Modesty, 
In, modesty? No, in the in the neighborhood here in America, there's a store. Yeah, modesty. But they spelled it wrong. I think so, that's also just a so typo. I'm like, girl, you modesty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, is it Shane or she in? I'm like she I in think, style. Oh, I think oh shine, shine Amadele, shine. Shane, as in like a Shane Amadele. Yeah. In the Yiddish, it would in Labavitch Yiddish, it would oh. be Shane. But my kids say that it's oh. she in, like she in style. She I don't fashion. think they're that advanced. So I don't think modesty either had a plan. I just think it's a spelling mistake. Oh, I'm like, girl, you're so modesty. I'm yeah. like, every time my daughter is like, mom, please stop. I'm like, oh, don't I have to say it modesty, every time. Don't by the way. It's one of those stories that you come I in. I like it. So you come in as an American and you walk around and you're like, oh my gosh, this stuff is so nasty. And then you realize at the end of the day when your kid just needs another skirt or just yeah. needs like a white camisole or just anything pretty basic. You go to modesty. It's not nasty. It's modesty. Exactly. Thank you. Love it. Okay. Back I'm here to the all story. week. <laughs> um, so where we were? We? Okay. So yeah, we made a very painful decision to go back to America. So we finished our two years in gross. It still was cheaper for us to stay that second year in gross than going back to America and like paying health insurance. But after that, we said we're going to go back to America for an undisclosed amount of years as like a shlichut to build ourselves up so that we can go back to Israel in a way that's like proper and we, we won't like sink when we get there. So we came back to America. My husband finished his degree. I started getting a job. And then, thank God, I got pregnant and had a baby. Um, and I make it sound so simple. Like, <laughs> I sneeze and had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually ended up becoming the – have you heard of JLIC, the OU sure. JLIC program? We were the very first rabbinic couple at Queens College, um, which is like a shlichut. And it was amazing. And we lived there. We, we did that for six years. And when we first got there, I said, well, when are we going to make Aliyah? And after a year or two, I said, it's not healthy for us to be living in this sort of middle place. We said, when it's time, we will know. We kept it aware. You know, that we didn't buy certain furniture. We said, when we make Aliyah, then we'll buy some So this really things. was on the agenda. It was on the ag- Yeah, totally. But it wasn't like, oh, we have a five-year plan. We're mm-hmm. going to get there. And then my daughter, my oldest was four. And it was sukkah, and we were sitting in our beautiful little like ganeden of a sukkah, and and um, we kind of realized it was time, not for that summer, but the summer after. I said I, I always need to know like the summer before, so I have time to slowly. Are you one of those people who makes plans and lists and? Lives well, I'm life. a wannabe type A. That's why I'm a Shoshana Busta. I make a lot of lists, but do I, I finish like everything? A wannabe. No. Okay, so there's the goal is to be organized and yeah yeah i was super i feel like i needed a giant pat on the back when we actually made aliyah because all my kids carry-ons were like organized with gosh, games and you snacks know that i made aliyah and i don't know why nobody mentioned this to me i maybe because it was obvious i didn't label my boxes i i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> i kind of just packed everything i know what i was thinking i was thinking that i'll recognize the, yeah this is the box i put oh, the blankets duh. in obviously little did i realize oh, it would gosh. be you know, three months in my parents' house, three months in my in-laws' house, another two months until our, Oh, uh, that's you know. a real, that's a problem. So by the time the boxes arrived in my apartment, I literally could not find a thing. It took me, I, w- I want to say weeks, but really I'm really quick. It took me hours you to are find quick. the sheets. You're, you're efficient. Yeah, you're and un- everything. unload everything. But if you're making Aliyah, please do yourself a favor. Label everything extremely, There's- extremely clearly. And the only box that was labeled was the one my kids labeled. And they wrote, all our stuffed animals are in here. You know here. what's embarrassing when you tell your kids to do something and then you're not good at it, but then they are? And they're like, we labeled like you said. And you're like, right. Thank right. you for listening. Mommy exactly. didn't listen to mommy. I don't care. I'll be a terrible mother if my kids are great kids. Whatever. But that would make you a great mother. So. Right. See how it works Food out. Thought. Yeah. So. We okay, so here's the deal. So the summer before, we're like, great. We sent in our picture for Aliyah. We had that by then two children. Uh, my oldest was 
five. We were going to make a layout. She'd be six. And my, my I had a baby. And we're like, great. We have two kids. Family of four since in our picture. And then about a month later, we found out we were expecting, which is for us, that was like a big deal. Oh, you're one of those we are expecting? I'm married to Sparties. Like, you are expecting. <laughs> no, I'm like, you're in it. Go change that diaper, girl. I'm not a girl, man. Um, no, I'm like, I mean, I obviously did most of the work um, carrying the child for the six months until he was born three months early, oh boy. which played into it because I called Nefesh Mefesh and I'm like, can I, can we make Aliyah with, with a newborn? Like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, what did the Jews cross the sea with newborns? They weren't like, wait, I have to give the time. Oh, you can make an Aliyah with anything. You as can long get, as it's not labor. somebody else's kids. Although if you give birth in the airplane, that would be complicated because then you're not going to have a two-dots. You're not going to have health insurance. Well, you also will have free flights. You, you will have free flights for the rest of your life, from what I understand. If you give birth in the airplane? Yeah, if you give birth in LL, you will have free LL flights for the rest of your life. Note I think I made that up. I think I made that up. I think you did, but it sounds great. Right. So, hashtag LL if you are listening. I think that's something that you should incorporate. Do you think LL place. has like a listener for all podcasts? They're like, we're waiting for the hashtag of LL. Oh, finally. Someone right? named Hanala. Ben Gorian Airport has a hashtag. BGU. No, they have an no, Instagram BGA. account. They have an actual Instagram account. I believe account. them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's eventually it's going to happen. Someone's going to give birth in Ben, ben Gurion waiting online. <laughs> God, but, they po- but they only post on the flight. Uh, sorry, dad jokes. They only post on the fly. I know, I know. That was a good one. I know. And you didn't even prepare. All I right, know. cool. Um, so we basically said, okay. You have a gonna, preemie. We're, no, that, we didn't know that yet. So then we were going to go on a pilot trip, which is when you go and you check out schools and a place to live. We were between two communities. Um, a lot, we did a lot of research, spoke to a lot. It's good to speak to a lot of people because everyone knows what they know. And it's like parenting. Everyone thinks they know the answer, but everyone's answer is different. Mm-hmm. Making Aliyah is like having a baby. It's really helpful if both spouses are on board because if one spouse wants a baby and the other one doesn't, that's awkward. Right. For those late night wake-ups, you really want both people on board. I always make the comparison that making Aliyah is like getting married. Well, It's like a lifelong a, commitment and you could either decide to love your spouse mm-hmm. or you know, fight with your spouse, but it's a commitment you have to read. So I felt but I like, like that analogy yeah. also. Well, it's like having a baby, although I will say that when you make, like the day you make Aliyah, that feels like a wedding because there's like Nevish Mefish, we did the whole, I was like, we're going to do it all out. You know, we're going to go on the Nevish Mefish charter flight. Totally. There and was a ceremony. Land, you, you went into yeah, the tent. Yeah, totally. And I see. So the ceremony is like the chuppah, right? Mm-hmm. And all the parents are there and everyone's crying and you're like, okay, we're doing this. And that's totally. like the wedding. Such an and emotional thing. And then airplane day. is like yichud because then you're like off the grid. It's like, what are they doing? Yeah. When I was getting married, all my friends were like, "All right, you have to tell me what happens in the yichud room. Like, just let me know." I'm like, "You guys, it's not a big deal. Like, you eat some food, high five, no big deal." And then, and then you change into sneakers, you know. Um, and then you land, and then it's like, bam, Mazel Tov, you just had a baby. And you know, when you have a baby, and you're like, "I'm so happy," but and all the adrenaline comes, but you're also really, really tired. And, and there's you don't, so much work that nobody else is going to have to do. And you don't know what just hit you. you. And then you know, when you have a baby that's like five pounds or my can't case two pound baby and then your house gets full of stuff mm-hmm. that's what happens you make all yeah your lift comes and you're like, jet bam. lag because you're not sleeping and then everyone comes that first friday night when we got into our apartment in, in israel everyone came with cakes like mazel tov like oh my god totally. like, it's like a shalom sacher yeah and then eventually just with the baby you know the first few months it's like you don't know the baby's language and everyone's crying and I mean, hopefully not, but a little <laughs> bit. And then eventually they, they like they learn how to live. That's how it is. Having a baby. And then your kid out. grows up and becomes super obnoxious. And you're like, why do we ever do that? And you're like, learn your midos. Yes. But as the kid gets older, you recognize yeah. all the brachas that come with having children, which is like, you know, the brachas exactly. that come with living. Exactly. I mean, I always say like marriage is like having a baby also. Because like in the first few weeks, you get a little like, in the beginning, you cry. You don't know how to, you don't know how to speak to each other. And mm-hmm. as you are married longer, you're like, oh, we know what we're doing. And we can do this over and over again forever. 
Never, never. You are a person who thinks a lot. I like it. Oh, I like the process. I live in analogies. I'm a college teacher. I have some amazing college teachers. You give college classes? Yes. Get out of town. Yeah, my other hat. Every time you say get, about, uh, get out of town, I think of I, the musical 42nd Street where they sing, get in out of town. That's so cute. I've actually never watched that, but I don't mean get out of town because I am I very happy that you're here in my little town. So please never get out I'll of town. Leave. But if you're living in America, you might want to get out of town and make Aliyah. So that's why we're having this conversation. So you should hear... Real people um, that transitioned into life here in Israel. And you and I are fairly American. I grew up loving American literature. I never thought once about making Aliyah. It was never, not, not only that, I, I used to tell people I would never make Aliyah. I love America. I feel very comfortable here. I have a handle of the language. I live in Florida, which is beautiful. Um, my career is here. And when I came for Sem, I was in Sem and Kfar Chabad, while it was an amazing experience, I you know, took away all the, the, the trauma and drama that, you know, is involved in working the system here to get things going and dealing with the people and the weather and the, you know, all, all that comes with being an Israeli. Obviously, this was 20 years ago before modern technology and I wasn't FaceTiming and I didn't have a cell phone and that helps. But, and um, WhatsApp, all the WhatsApp groups. Yeah, yeah. I, I always tell the SEM girls, turn off your WhatsApp the first few weeks that you're here because your mother doesn't need to hear that you put the sheet on your bed and that you had a mosquito, you have a mosquito bite and all the little stuff. Like, do it old school. Get into SEM. Yeah, when, when I was in seminary, it was right before technology exploded. So we had those like little Nokia phones and there were DVD players around, but we were still pretty much disconnected. I remember someone walked in with like a magazine like, that Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt had divorced. And I was like, oh, I forgot about those people. Mm-hmm. I'd been, I was so it disconnected. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I'm still I'm still very close with my friends from seminary. Yeah, me too. We're but, in a SEM group. Oh, I just it? had I just had lunch in Yerushalayim with two girls from SEM. We just had a barbecue. We yeah. were like a crew. And uh, we brought all the kids. And it was really great. And we that's want so them all to be friends too. Well, they, came, they came to visit? They live here. Oh, that's amazing. That amazing? So I have three SEM, I have three high school friends that live here. One who recently became a grandmother, which is wild. And she actually, her she got married young. Her son got married super young. So I'm only 25, which is That's, crazy to have a friend who's a grandmother. Um, but two other girls from my high school class. One lives up north. I don't see her often. Um, but those are not actually the girls that I'm super close with. I'm actually really close with my friends from SEM. There's just something about your seminary friends Yeah, I feel that like it's the origin story. Sense has the time. What's the origin story? Why do you know so much stuff that I don't know? What's like, the origin my story? My husband's a comic person comic book person so i always hear like the when you have like characters even in tanakh let's just go tanakh like i'm a rebbitson right in tanakh when you want to get to know a character in tanakh you look about where you first meet them and you learn about their essence in the very beginning so i learned all about tarot artisrael in midrash Arova in that time in seminary and so i always say like in a certain sense i was Nara, alive <laughs> just don't get a zakan um so i was lived for 18 years but when i got to seminary my whole life sort of blossomed and like all my comedy all my funniness I didn't know I was funny until I came to seminary. Really, most di- Rebbitsons are not funny. It's very refreshing. Unless they're Rebbitson Tap, but I'm changing. Rebbitson Tap is funny. Yeah. <laughs> she's been here before she's recorded. Um, Did she just record- tap on the table? We didn't tap on the table. We tapped on the floor, and I, I mic'd tap. her. We can tap. Can you if- tap, too? I can tap. I'm so overwhelmed by the talent. Oh, my goodness. No, so I thought I was talented. Turns out... Between you and Rabbits and Tappy Chemish is just overflowing. I actually with ran into her once at uh, Smoky Tees, and we just did a time step. We just we just tapped in. How do you know how to tap? Where did that come in? Um, in high school, <laughs> it sounds so like oh, like whatever. <laughs> like in high school, like I started my high school show. I did. 
Um, and I tap dance at 42nd Street. That's why I'm quoting it because I was in it. I love it. But my main memory is like looking at my teacher like, I hope you know I didn't do my homework. Time step, time step. But I'm cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I, wore, I wore a wig. For, that was my first time wearing a wig. I'm like, no, to self, this will be your future, wearing a wig. Well, how is it for you wearing a wig here um, in Israel when it gets really hot? Do you, do you, so, do you, I, I, want to, I just want to tell people that I like to say listener. Listener, one of the most beautiful things about Israel is that you can cover your hair in so many different ways. You can wear a kippah the size of a shekel. You can wear a mitpachat the size of a flying saucer. And all that is cool. Or a pineapple. Yeah, and it doesn't reflect on your level of Yiddishkeit, you're not judged for it. I saw a guy benching in a shawarma store I'm reading about the other week, and he wasn't was wearing it, a kippah. Was it no pants day as well? No, no, he was wearing pants, luckily. Um, and But it was he wasn't wearing a kippah. And I, remember, and I asked my husband, I said, Is he, he's benching without a kippah. Can you do that? And apparently you can. I mean, you, maybe you shouldn't, but you can. Right. Um, and I thought that was really beautiful. God because, wasn't like, hold up, hold up. Right, no kippah, no benching. I cannot hear you. Yes. He's not like a second grade stern teacher, you know. Yes. So in Israel, all kinds of hair head pieces go and flow. I wanted to try something else. I wanted to change my whole look when I moved here because I'm basically a jean skirt t-shirt girl and or sparkles on stage. So I have two extreme looks. I'm either fully made up with a shaitel singing on stage wearing a gown or I'm wearing a jean skirt and a don't mess with me comic book t-shirt. Uh, with uh, the mouse. Yes. With this nasty guy that scares my kids. But here in Israel, it could get really hot, really sandy. I do a lot of touring. And sometimes, you know, a jean skirt doesn't dry on a hike the way those loose fabrics, you know, dresses. What's the name of that store in big fashion that sells that, like, Israeli-style clothing? Chameleon? No, not Chameleon. Well, come yes, come also come Chameleon. Yes, come and go. Also Chameleon, but there's another one. I know that one. you know music. That's why I can quote music. I do know music. I do know music. But I'm also a very fierce advocate for Jewish music. I know. I once saw your Instagram reel. It was like things that people shouldn't say, but they want to say. Yes. You're like, use Jewish music. And so for a little bit, I did. And then I stopped. Hashtag I, real Jewish music. I know. Because so, now we have, there's such amazing music now. Like when I was beautiful. growing up, it was like, yeah, hey, yeah, hey. You oh, know, and that was yeah. it. In my high school, I walked around with my disc man, like thinking everyone. They well, that up. was a pretty cool song at the time. It, 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 it was served all we had. its purpose. It was that and um, Blue Fringe, I'm Flipping Out. Yeah, but and now. Schlock Rock. Schlock Rock. But they, now, you know, they live in Beit Shemesh. All the cool people live in Beit Shemesh. Yeah. Hannah lives in Beit Shemesh. Rebecca Black. Black. Nisim Black. Jamie Ari Geller. Geller. Jamie Geller. Um, well, define cool. <laughs> when you put them all together, Ari Gold, Ethan Black tips the cool no, uh, scale for the for the whole population of. Uh, well, Big I have Chemish. to say, you know when their fame started based on where in the neighborhood they live, because like old school fame, like Schlockrock, they live in Scheinfeld. That's where mm-hmm. like old school, right? And then it's like, okay, Ari Goldback, he's an Olive, mm-hmm. all right. He's been and here then quite a while. Jamie Geller got in. Okay, so she be Mishka Fine. It's mm-hmm. a little newer. And then you got Ethan Black. He's in Gimmel. You know, right. like that's the Gimble newer just neighborhood. Developed five yeah. seconds ago, right? And so what you, about me? I'm in a pretty traditional block. I just got lucky. No, you're just perfect. You're somewhere you. in between post Aleph because you already you're already big in the '90s, right? Right? Weren't you? But yeah. I only discovered you now, so that's that's because that's, I took a couple years to to have kids, and I always say that kids and music don't mix, unless it's Shabbos and it's Miros. Uh, my husband doesn't do this Miros thing, but I'm saying mix like a mixer mixes. I understand. Did you catch that? Did yes, you get yes, that? Yes, okay. yes, I'm also funny. <laughs> no, you're amazing. <laughs> I, I laugh. I, I actually laugh when I listen to your podcast. Thank I laugh. You. And I'm Thank like, you. this is embarrassing. I'm well, laughing. I, I am one of those people who rarely laughs out loud. Like, I will watch a sitcom with a straight face. And my husband's like, why are you so miserable? I'm like, I'm loving this. You're but, like, no, I'm literally crying inside. I'm loving every inside. second. But I don't know. I just, some people have an easy laugh and are, you know, 
good to have as best friends because they're the ones who just respond quickly. And some people, you know. They're a tough crowd. Tough crowd. They're a tough crowd. Or they're laughing inside. I hope you are laughing inside or outside or just enjoying this conversation. But let's get back. What were we saying, though? We were saying. You asked me about my hair covering. Oh, so we were talking about hair coverings. Now, wearing a full curly shape hair can be very, very difficult. And I was saying that in the mall, there's this clothing store, I forget the name, that sells all these long linen dresses and the ones that look like pants skirts, the ones that are, you're not, you can't really identify if they are a skirt or a pants and whatever. It's like a look, but yeah. very comfortable. And then obviously you have to wear the matching mitpachat with the bimbo or the bamba or what's it called? I think it's a not a bimbo or a a bimba. No, a bimba is the riding Bimba's, toy. Right. It's a a bobo. A bobo. Thank you very much. A bobo. Now I'm already five. This podcast nine. is brought to you by the letter B. <laughs> bimba bobo bamba. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, the bobo adds about four inches. Now, I'm 5'9", so I don't need any you extra inches. Have, especially if you're the same height as your husband. You don't want to suddenly be taller than him. Exactly. So that throws me for a loop. Can I wear mitna, like mitnachelet But clothing? it's also very heavy. I, I went through a phase when we were in Gross. I, we went to Bat Ein for Shabbos, and I, I was like, if I was ever going to wear a giant mitpachat, this is the time. It's like a very hippie, funky place in the gush. And I tied mitpachat really high, but I was like walking around... You lose I, your balance. I, it was like, hello. I felt like I was a model with a pile of books on my head. I don't know how the girls do it. They look so comfortable. But I guess it's a commitment. It's Just like, like the, a shaitl. A shaitl also could be so uncomfortable. I tell my husband sometimes I feel like, I feel like I'm wearing a fur coat. But for some people... I think shaitls, I always tell my colleagues, like, shaitls is like... Because they're like, I don't know, shaitls are normally... No, shaitls are like wearing a pair of boots. Right? You put boots on, you wear them outside. When you get home, you don't walk around your house in boots. It's not like a diss to the boots, but you take them off and you get home because right. it's a little clunky. And when you're wearing flip-flops, which is like a mitpachat, you could just toss just throw them it off. Right. Throw it on, throw it off. Right. So I wore mitpachot like all the time when I first got married. And before we met Aliyah, I, my little Lubavitch vibe, um, I wanted to be a little more uh, careful with covering all my hair. So I put on the, the shaitl, the, fu- the fall. Beautiful. And it doesn't fall. It doesn't fall, and also it's lighter than a full shaitl. Yeah. Comfortable to wear with and in a hat. America, yeah. In America, people kept thinking I was Muslim. And then I... Why? Because they didn't know the difference between a mitpachat, let's say... You're saying you used to wear mitpachat. Straight, for like a year. Got it. And and then I remember I walked into the store one day, Motei Shabbos, because on Shabbos, I remember I was visiting my family. I wore the shaitl. I walked into the store, and they're like, oh, how can we help you? I'm like, oh, I think it's the hair. I think they like me because of the hair. And they're treating me differently, but that's not why really? I stuck to it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just looking at the clock because in 20 minutes, we're going to have the Yom Zikaron siren. So that's cool. We're just going to roll through. Well, actually, we'll stop a minute. And we'll, well, you also have your tekes, so we'll probably have to stop. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 we're going to, I'm going to leave last minute. I will roll into the tekes literally. So today there's actually a program in my girls' school, in all kids' schools, to commemorate Yom Zikaron. Our girls are in the same school. Yes, just isn't that establishing beautiful? Establishing that contrast. So Yom Zikaron is a day of... Memorial Day here in Israel, where we remember the fallen soldiers and fallen victims um, of terrorism. It's a sad day. It's a poignant day. And it's a beautiful day if you live here long enough to understand the cost that um, comes with living here in Israel. I actually made Aliyah because of Ari Fold. You made Aliyah because of Ari Fold? Yeah. Meaning he inspired you. Yeah. Not... He enforced me. (laughs) I used to listen to his podcast. I used to listen to the Times of Israel podcast. And I would, I remember giving my kids a bath and listening to him just unravel every time there was a terrorist attack because he was just so zealous 
about Israel's security and, you know, why this kept happening. I want to feel that passionate about living in Israel. I want to live in a country where it matters to me. And as beautiful as South Florida is, and even though I'm on the I-95 there, every single day a car is flipped over and there's tragedy, it just, it's not my people. Yeah. So he definitely played a huge role in my making Aliyah. And, you know, Yom Azikaron is a day when we think about him as well. But we're not going to dwell on things that are too intense. We want this to be light, light and happy. Squeezy. And we do want to inspire you if you're thinking about making Aliyah. Um, you already have two built-in friends. <laughs> One if I things, if I'll yeah. share you, I don't know if I'll share you. I'm I, you know I'm enjoying having a new you, friend all I'm to my shareable, own. I'm shareable, but I will say there were certain things all those years between when I went to Poland, let's say when I was 18, and when I made Aliyah when I was 32. How did I keep that spark alive? I had to nurture the spark because mm-hmm. even if let's say we want something, we believe in it, it's hard to keep it alive and keep it growing. So over the years, I did different things. I used to listen to um, Arut Sheva on my computer in Stern. I would listen to what was his name? Something, Goel Jasper and um, all these interesting guys who would talk about Israel. Okay, kept that going. I used to watch Israeli TV to keep my, my Hebrew. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen to, I'm like to my husband, I'm like, listen, this is the best Opanaka. I must watch Israeli TV religiously every single day. What it's did you the, watch? On the early days, um, Srugim. Yeah, I never watched that, yeah. It was like, it was kind of like when you like an outfit or you like a food because like that's what there is. It was good, but like, Israel has come a long way in. I remember, I know what Srugim, Srugim is the dating. It's like a couple yeah, that are dating. It was like they lived in the Beit Sa, which was like the right. Katamon area. Religious and, then and not religious. Over and... the years, there was, a, it was the English was like the baker and the beauty and the baker. Is that a new show? It I was, mean, is that an old show? It was like on, it was on in the 2000 and So I caught that 17. on the flight back. It's it's still playing on the airlines, yeah. Beauty and the Baker. But I, I I could watch it in Hebrew with Hebrew subtitles because Israelis speak really quickly. And well, also, all Israeli television has Hebrew subtitles. It's so helpful because yeah. it, you're quickly looking at the words because, first of all, by the way, Israelis have, Israelis have dialect as well. Like there's different sounds of Hebrew. There's mm-hmm. like... There's like Shalomani, you know, the regular Hebrew, and then there's the very like proper Israeli. The radio Hebrew. Like, la 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 la. Yeah, the radio announcer Hebrew, exactly. And it's the, the way yeah. they say the R, the Reish. It's the Reish, but it's also the Lamed. Mm-hmm. It's not like and the Anilo. Ayin. It's not just Anilo. It's Anilo. I, I practiced Lo. this. When I used to drive from, let's say, Beit Shemesh to Yushalayim, I would practice my Hebrew by reading the signs like, Nes Harim. You were I, practicing being a ways. I was <laughs> if you could be a ways uh, vocal. I practice my accent by just announcing the signs. Like I can't even think. I haven't driven to Yerushalayim in a very long time. Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim. I guess I was an announcer on a bus. Love it. Or a TV show. So I, I remember I made sure to listen to those radio programs, and I, I listened to a lot. I wanted to keep my Hebrew up. I didn't want to get to Israel and just keep saying Ani Paron, which I do still say. <laughs> Why Ani Paron out of all things? Where did that come from? There's a crazy, there's a famous story where someone was getting a ticket and they pretended they didn't know Hebrew. They said, I need Peron. Oh, I see. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to try um, that. When my kids want something, I'll be like, I need Peron. I don't understand. They're like, mom, seriously, we know. <laughs> we know you know. Um, so yeah, we made Aliyah. And I have to say, there's so many stages where like top five ways you know you're making Aliyah. I know that's not an Instagram reel, so it's going to go a lot slower. But I remember I was on a group of WhatsApp with a few other women who were making Aliyah the same summer. And we were saying, okay, our lift is coming. And when the lift is coming, we we basically put all of our furniture and everything we wanted to bring to Israel on a lift. By the way, 
it's not like everything in Israel is small. It's that Israel is European. And so we're just used to the American sizes of everything. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Israel is small. It's Europe. America is American is unusually large. And right. everything in Europe is a little bit smaller. The bathtubs are smaller. The bedrooms are smaller. Because the people are smaller. I always say. Are in a, most, it's the Mediterranean diet. That's it's the Mediterranean it. diet. And I was laughing because I saw one of these little tiny cars they have here in Israel parked on the sidewalk somewhere. With like, like 10 kids inside. No, there was no one inside at the time. But I remember thinking most Americans are the size of that car. <laughs> I mean, it's a sad fact, but America has a massive obesity problem, which, by the way, I'm starting to notice here drop. Well, you know, globalization, everything comes here eventually. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to notice that Israelis are packing on the pounds. I'm not sure if it's because of coronavirus, maybe, but... It's hard to know. I'm not a scientist. We're not here to criticize. Israelis are beautiful in whatever shape they come in. Um, but you just skipped a whole chunk of your. You're like well, I was kept myself inspired to make Aliyah, and then I made Aliyah. So okay, the process. So, we're gonna have to save this for future episodes. Before we just, you know, wrap up what we're talking about, I want people to know a little bit more about who you are and how they could find you. So you are a college teacher. Do you uh, teach virtually? Um, basically, I was the JLIC educator at Queens College for six years. Now I took off that hat and I work in Yeshiva Hartzion um, with a parents and donors and alumni and fundraising. Um, but on my spare time, I started something called Comedy in Amuna, which was, I've done this a few times for different communities where I do comedy, and then I use that as a, a jumping ground to tell stories of Amuna. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Shoshana Shazam. Oh, I feel like I'm on a real podcast. Like, fi- follow me, like me, I'll add some music me. to this if you want. <laughs> yeah, find me on Shoshana Shazam. Um, I did teach college in America. I've taught a few on Zoom. Um I'm certified, but nothing fancy. And um, I'm just like a great, awesome human being yes, and funny. Indeed. So if you want to just send her money just for being awesome. Just like be yeah. my friend. Yeah. Follow me, like me. We'll set up a PayPal. <laughs> Don't troll me. I got my first negative comment. What? I posted a Say video what? of one of these like. Your ro- videos are cute. I've watched I, them. I posted one of my, when my, my son like over the last like five years. And then some, and are like Israel 2020. And they're like, it's not Israel, it's Palestine. I'm like, you know, I'm very like, I'm like, everyone says it differently. It's all good. Oh, you're and good. Like, and then they're like, no, it's not. You don't exist. Bye. I'm like, okay, guys, come on. Don't troll me. I don't even do that. You can. I'm a Yiddish mama. Don't troll me. You can protect your account by shutting off certain words that people can't comment. So you can't use the word Palestine in my comments. You can't use the word hate Israel. You can't use the word um, Zionist or anything like that. They so. used cute emojis. So I was like, oh, they're being funny. And I was like, no, the cute emojis are just a cover. What, what they're the saying. emoji exploding? No, it was. <laughs> yeah. I would have reported that right away, right. like a, like a face palm situation, uh, yeah, yeah, and like a huh? Yeah, like I, I, as up. soon as people get all about, you know, I just, I just like don't, don't get hear. all up in my grill. Go a la Aish. Grill some food. So only positive energy, please, on positive Shoshana's vibes. Page all about the positive if vibes. If you want to, let, let's just put this out there because Baruch Hashem, there are a large number of people listening. If you would like a series on Aliyah where we break down the process, what it's like to live here, you know, just even Shishan and I are, we're we're still learning ourselves. Like I'm fresh enough that every experience is still like, you know, there's what to be unpacked, there's what to be analyzed, there's what to learn from. Even Yoma's, Yoma, even Yoma's Mot this year, I took the time to really understand why people celebrate, why people don't. And not everything is just, you know, I, I don't, assume every single aspect of Israeli life because I'm here. There are certain things about Israeli life that I'm not comfortable with and do need to change and would like to change, like lice in schools. Well, I have to think. say, I think that during Corona, a lot of the lice went away because nobody was mixing. 
so I thought that too, but my kids have all had lice since they got but back to during school. During lockdown, did they have lice? No, but they also didn't get a cold. So you know, it was a it was an interesting time. I can't figure out the lice. Situ- I could figure out the lice situation, but I do think it's a small thing that could be easily fixed. There are Baruch Hashem, plenty of things that you know could improve here in Israel, but for the most part, would you say that living here is a blessing in your life and that you're happy you made Aliyah? Like leading question, <laughs> please question. answer in the positive. Of course, like I'm so happy we're here. This is the geschmack, and you know I think in in general as adults we're we're always running and we're going to the next thing. Okay, where am I going to work? What am I going to do? What do my kids have to do? If I just stop and just take a temperature of this day, what am I doing today? I woke up, took my kids to Israeli Gan. One of my kids has a loose tooth. They're in their blue and white. They're going to beautiful Gans. I'm doing a podcast with Hanala. I'm living, you can live your best life here. I took a hip hop, I take hip hop at Ramat Beit Shemesh Dance and Music Academy with Shaked Sabag. With Jezli and Shaked. Um, and there's no, there's no tension. It's not like, oh, but it's Sphira. Oh, but how am I going to go to a class with men? No, it's, it's, it gives you the opportunity to it live fits. your best yeah, life. You right. can live your best life here. And every time I have an option to do something awesome like this, I say, of course I want to do it because I came here to live my best, true, real, holy, and grounded, view, holy life. And the and the, the, the beautiful view. land that embraces us I every day. I am the day. land. Yes, I am the land. And I don't take that for granted. Even though I came from Florida. Now, Florida is absolutely beautiful. You have palm trees there. We have palm trees. We have water. We have Humidity. We have the. We have everything. As a matter of fact, when I go to Tel Aviv, I'm um, I often feel like I'm in Florida or I'm in Miami, but you know, you don't have kosher food everywhere. Yeah, and- I have to say though, I was running the other day, and I go. I like to run a little bit, but it's amazing. I can run in my you know B seven active wear, and no one's no, like, "Why are you all covered up?" It's like, "Ooh, I like your outfit." Totally. And I was reflecting on the fact that there are oranges growing and lemons growing, and I said, "That's so weird." It's like in Florida. Wait a minute, do we have the same weather as Florida? Do I live in a Florida but in Israel, which is better? Cool. So you can also be comforted by the fact that. You live in a Floridian type place. Yeah, you place. have all the perks of living in Chutzlaretz because America is, mind you, a beautiful country that has everything. But you know what? So is Israel. You literally can go skiing and then go to dip into the Yam HaMelach. Look, granted, when I make a phone call to customer service in America, I'm like, I am awesome. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. So in control of my paperwork. I can be so gracious yeah. and sweet and I know all the right words. And in here, my comedy just goes over people's heads and 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 I'm awkward. But that's Okay. Right. I'm, remember, I'm the Yiddish Bubby immigrant of the first generation, and I'm okay with that. I embrace it. I hug it. Yeah. In a few gener- we live in Beit Shemesh. It's going to take like five generations and for my kids I'll to I'll tell you the Israeli. truth. My husband often ends up yelling at customer service, and they're yelling back at him or whatever, and he gets his way. But I will use my techniques as an, an immigrant with a broken Hebrew, and sometimes I get what I want because of that. You know, I'm not saying it, it's not so stereotypical that unless you yell and rage at the person on the other phone uh, on the other side of the line, you're not going to get what you want. People also appreciate the voice of reason. I do think that we, I, we come with manners and we come with perspectives that are different than the culture here. And I think it's very refreshing sometimes for the teachers, for people I work with. They like, oh, that's very interesting. I never thought about just speaking it out and talking mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. So we could do that ad nauseum, which is, there's a Well, we, we bring, immigrants made this country, so we each bring a little bit from our country, and that's how America ended up being so diverse and interesting. And Jews are just fascinating people. So 
add that to the mix. And I think anything you do in life, just going back to the question you asked me, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, go is, for it. it. Anything can be sour or sweet depending on your perspective. You know, if you have to clean up a house that's really messy and dirty, it's like, oh, this is the worst. But let's say you hosted a really amazing party, you made a bar mitzvah or shalom zacher, and you're cleaning up, but it's like a sense of satisfaction, like, wow. So the things that are hard here could be hard, and you could be like, oh, this is so annoying. Or you could say, wow, classic Israel, being all bureaucracy issued, okay. But that's okay, but that's part of the process. And most of the challenging things that you do when you first make Aliyah, you don't have to do them twice. Like, I remember when I got engaged to my husband, I said, no more first dates. You do it once and you're done. You you get your two dads and you're done. So even those hard things in the beginning, they're hard, but they're over. Most things that are in life that are hard, unless they're chronic, um, they're hard, but they have an it's end. It's like having children. You forget. Yeah. And then you, you have forgive forget. the bracha in your life forever. And you still have to work on it and nurture it. Yeah. And appreciate it. But the reward is, you know, tenfold. Yeah. It's the gift that ki- it's the gift that keeps giving. I personally feel exactly like you do. The opportunities that have presented themselves to me here in Israel, each one feels just holier and more directed. You know, has more hashkachapratis involved because the fact that I'm here is just so crazy. I don't have any siblings here. My parents are not here, and the whole aliyah just kind of came came about as a whim. But nothing is comes about as a whim. Everything is Menashemayim. And we are led by our Neshamas. And we, you know, believe that... I think you're a Rebetzin. I am some sort... On some level, I am yeah. a Rebetzin in my t-shirt and a jean skirt. But, you know, Hashkach this. Hashem runs the world. And if you embrace that and you accept that and you see it in your life, you recognize that all these little things, like even going to Fleishig to buy... Is that what you call it, Fleishig? It's called Kolhak Fuim. It used to be called Fleishig. Oh, yeah, before my so, time. It's yeah. a 90s name. Yeah, then they change, they're going to change the name again. They change their name. As long as they keep selling Fleishig. Yes, it's a great It's a great little uh, um, It's a great little meat store on the corner here. It's my closest food store, so we do... And also, they have all the American products. If you're living in America and you're like, I can't live without my Stella Dora cookies and my mayonnaise and my Fruit Loops and whatever, uh, Duncan Hines and uh, canned beans but and... But all the things you just listed are not like foods that we need in our bodies I know anyway. that, but, but place, oh yeah. for sure all yeah. the food that they bring in that is American is just not only that they have three symbols on them high sugar high salt and like high whatever one thing I would say is when you make all, when you move here you instead of trying to find a way to match what you used to have in America it's like let's look at what we have here first yeah, of all the food here is seasonal say instead of me trying to get apples and, like mangoes in the winter there are no mangoes I in know the Hani Applebaum from um, Busy in Brooklyn we have to wrap this up in okay, a second fine. because the siren's gonna go but I just wanna end this Hani Applebaum from Busy in Brooklyn came to do a cooking show here and she was looking for eel sauce <laughs> I almost fell off my chair uh. I'm like she's like I can't live in Israel there's no eel sauce there's no dandelion leaves whatever it was and I was just imagine like imagine how she's taking a side of me time I'm like listen God I need eel sauce and right. dandelion no right. I mean obviously She's point, great. I like, use her recipes, actually. I love her, but I was laughing. Like, if you're going to come with that attitude, you're going to struggle. Like, if you need a Ralph Lauren feather-filled pillow from Bloomingdale's, you're not going to find and that here. if you here. really want to just bring it on your lift. Bring it on your lift, have your parents bring it, or still on from the Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> Basically, you have to bring anything that's large on your lift. And after that, everything can fit in a suitcase. You can always bring it as you need totally. to. Totally. You know what? I even just this week got rid of my massive American armoire and dresser that I repainted because I wanted this gorgeous furniture in my kids' room. And now I'm like, it's not working for me here. You know what works for me here? Those standard Israeli closets that are massive and have no personality, but they're, you know, they're they work and they're functional. And you, what's the word? You, it's such a, it's such a, 
um, to lean into something. You lean, lean in. into Hashtag it. Hashtag Sandy. Yes. What's her name again? Who? The Facebook person. I don't know. The lean I in. thought lean in is just like what I hear on other people's podcasts. It's based on the name of a book called Lean In by the head of Facebook's sister, and I'm blanking on her name. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, Google it. You all know. The moral of the story is lean into Gula, lean into the podcast. Lean into Eretisrael. Lean into what matters. Lean into Shoshana Shazam. And if you enjoyed this conversation, which I really, really did, um, we will be more than happy to do this again. Maybe it could be a weekly thing where we talk about Aliyah or we talk about about anything, Yiddishkeit and so on and so forth. And as the podcast grows. Like women talk. Yes. As the audience grows, Mertz Hashem, we will come up with new ways to entertain and to share and to inspire. And if we ever want to film it, we can also tap dance if need be. Exactly. I I will be that person. The talent here is just through the roof. But now we are going to take a moment to... Uh, commemorate Yom Zikaron, say some Tehillim, and then head off to our children's performance um, and enjoy another beautiful, meaningful, inspiring day here in the land of Israel. Thank you so much, Ashana, for joining me on the Weekly Squeeze. Thank you, Hanana, for inviting me. It was awesome. Yes. It was really great. And the Mitzvah we will see you next week.